Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to Podcast 114 for March 3rd, 2011. I'm talking today with John Kim of John Kim & Associates. He's a recognized leader in the design, development, implementation, and deployment of enterprise-wide lean transformations. As an executive at the Han Company in Danaher, John learned the keys to implementing lean while running multiple operations across the U.S. With over 20 years of lean transformation experience, John has spent the last 12 years in executive consulting, implementing lean in various sectors, including healthcare, which we're talking about today. So the focus of our discussion is going to center on the role of executive leadership in lean transformation, um, particularly in healthcare, but I think there are general lessons learned here that would apply across industries. So I want to thank you for listening. You can find the blog page for this post at leanblog.org slash 114. And you can find all past episodes at leanpodcast.org. Well, again, our guest is John Kim. John, it was a lot of fun being on the panel that you led at the Shingo Prize conference last year. And it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you here today on the podcast. Oh, Mark, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, opportunity to share some experiences with the audience. Yeah, well, thanks for doing that. And maybe to start, if, you know, you can introduce yourself and your professional background, your experience with Lean for the listeners. Absolutely. Um, uh, my background, uh, uh, by education, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an engineer. Uh, my career path uh, took me up through uh, operations and uh, the typical pathway of uh, manufacturing engineer, uh, ME manager, plant manager, general manager, VP of operations. Um, I was fortunate enough uh, in the early 90s um, uh, to have been running a plant, running a factory that uh, uh, had already engaged uh, the Japanese consultants back in 1992-1993. So I was able to take my experiences from uh, the mid-80s as a a young engineer, uh, many of the tools that we all know from the 80s, and uh, starting in about 92, late 92, early 93, um, uh, be able to learn about how to uh, integrate many of those tools and concepts into something that we now know as lean. Um, I was able to uh, uh, apply the principles and and uh, learn about lean during a period where uh, we tripled our volume and growth uh, over a three and a half year period, and uh, almost all of that growth was converted into uh, productivity and, uh, uh, and and margin. Uh, in uh, 96, uh, I left the Han company and joined a company called Danaher. I was a VP of operations for one of the new acquisitions and uh, was able to uh, repeat the uh, enterprise integration and transformation model uh, out in San Jose, California. Uh, in 98, I got involved in uh, executive consulting or enterprise consulting and um, was fortunate enough to um, uh, eventually have uh, led a consulting firm uh um, into uh, a, a global opportunity or global expansion into many industries. Um, uh, one of the major ones uh, of which was healthcare. And uh, uh, since uh, 2006, uh, I've been on my own and uh, have a team currently that uh, does quite a bit of work uh, uh, in healthcare, uh, medical devices, and, and around the industry. And. You do a lot of work with senior leadership. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role, the importance of executive development and senior leadership in a lean journey? I, I think sometimes maybe it's tempting for people to think that lean is something that can be delegated, that it's just something that you know, the frontline staff and managers need to be doing. Um, t- tell us some of your experiences and, and thoughts on that topic. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
you know, uh, you hit the nail on the head. You know, the, the, the tough thing about uh, executives uh, when it comes to lean and, and personal involvement and personal learning is that uh, kind of by definition, they've already been successful in their careers. Uh, they are CMO, CEO, CNO. And so now the challenge becomes um, uh, how do you uh, convince them that uh, there's an approach or a, or a methodology uh, that can assist them in their organization um, to be more effective than what they've already been. Uh, it's much, much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. uh, however, um, uh, when it comes to particularly healthcare and in hospitals, um, getting the uh, senior executives and senior leaders to understand uh, their role in the lean journey is probably the single most important step that, uh, that one could take and that one should take. Um, it's at the uh, senior level that uh, uh, you set direction and you determine objectives. It's at the senior level that uh, they make a decision. Um, and I like to say uh, uh, lean must earn its place at your leadership table. Mm -hmm. uh, that sentence actually applies to the executive team of a hospital system. That same sentence applies to the leadership team of an individual hospital. And that same statement also applies to the department level. Uh, or shift leader level uh, within a hospital, right? Lean must earn its place uh, at your table, right? Uh, what we like to say is that uh, lean should demonstrate itself as a methodology to help you achieve your objectives faster, stronger, and with less risk. If lean can prove itself, right, to be more effective than the than the different methodologies you've learned in the past, then lean will get another opportunity uh, to be uh, deployed and implemented in a different part of the organization. And so as executives, uh, it's critical that uh, not only do they learn the fundamentals about, the, about how lean can help achieve objectives, but more importantly, they must understand uh, the importance of leading from the front uh, and also the importance of, um, uh, I guess, the, the appropriate infrastructure to, uh, uh, to be successful with lean uh, at a hospital or hospital system. Um, it cannot be delegated or it should, it, it, no, it's, uh, uh, very rarely is a delegation of, uh, uh, lean implementation or lean deployment, uh, effective. Um, uh, as senior leaders, a decision has to be made, um, as to what is the role and how lean will be used, uh, within the hospital or hospital system. Uh, once that decision is made, then, uh, in turn, how will it be deployed? How will it be implemented and how will it be deployed? Uh, obviously, to implement, right, you must determine what type of resources will be needed to uh, uh, engage at the velocity that uh, uh, that makes sense for the for the hospital. And so, one of the things that we like to say is that um, as a leader, you will always own what will be worked on, and you will always own the appropriate velocity of change for your organization. Um, as a senior leader, um, uh, you must make that decision. And you must support the uh, the various entities that will be implementing uh, within your organization. Well, I think it's interesting the way you talk about lean having to earn its place at the table. Um, you know, I think it's probably fair to say healthcare leaders, executives in a industry um, are, are going to be swayed by evidence and, and data and results more so than um, you know dogma, I guess, if you will. Um, can you maybe share some experiences about? How lean earns that place at the table? I mean, I think of some of the real high-profile examples out there in, in lean healthcare. Um, you know, Theta Care and John Toussaint's leadership, Virginia Mason and Gary Kaplan's. I mean, those are two examples where the CEO was 
there and, and participating um, from the beginning. Um, do, do you see cases? I mean, what, what's the mix you see of instances where the CEO and senior level people are on board immediately versus times where maybe it starts in the middle um, to help earn that place, as, as you were saying? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's a great question and, and great examples with both uh, Theta Care and, uh, and Virginia Mason. Um, uh, I, I, know, I know John Toussaint quite well, and I was actually involved in the first dialogue with John uh, and his team at Theta Care uh, in the consideration of lean. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the challenges is, well, let, let me phrase it a different way. Um, you know, we've been involved with hospitals at the CEO level. We've been involved with hospitals at the hospital president level. And we've been involved with hospitals at the, I'll call it value stream leader level or department level. Um, uh, at any level that you uh, work with in a, in a hospital, the same phrase applies. The difference is, is to, to what type of metrics or what type of objectives are you trying to, uh, achieve or focus on? Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're working with the head of a dialysis unit, uh, it could be about, uh, it could be about capacity, uh, aging population, uh, uh limited budgets. Um, how can we use lean to help us uh, service uh, the growth or the, of the need of the, of the population in our area? Uh, if you're president of a hospital, uh, it could be about uh, quality metrics that you're interested in. Uh, it could be about financial performance that you're interested in. Um, and again, uh, how can lean demonstrate itself as a methodology to help you achieve those objectives faster, stronger, and less risk? Um, you know, one of the things that uh, um, uh, that we like to say about healthcare is that, in all honesty, the complexity of the value streams is really less complex than what we typically find in a, in a manufacturing facility. However, the dynamics of change and the complexity of change are uh, far, far, far significant, far more complicated in healthcare compared to traditional manufacturing. Um, a good example is uh, in manufacturing, you know, kind of a good rule of thumb is if you can sustain the change and stay close to your people for a two- or three-week period, and you have uh, a solid metrics and, and visual management in place, you can have a pretty good degree of confidence that uh, that you'll be okay. Um, however, um, what we say is that in manufacturing, um, to do that in a one-shift operation is pretty tough. To do it in a two-shift operation is a whole lot tougher, and it's uh, more than twice as tough, mm -hmm. right? I like to say it's 10x more complicated mm -hmm. than a one-shift. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, you go to three shifts. Well, what are hospitals, right? Uh Many, many aspects of a hospital are actually five-shift operations. Right. And on top of that, uh, in healthcare, you have such a high percentage of uh, part-time employees. Not, it's not uncommon to have 40 and 50% part-timers. Mm -hmm. So as a result, the amount of time that you have to stay engaged during the implementation is actually much deeper in healthcare than it is in manufacturing. And so, again, it, it, it speaks back to... Uh, uh, commitment and leadership from that uh, department manager and the hospital level president to make sure that the activity is engaged, the value streams engaged, and the solutions implemented, right, are uh, are supported uh, um, as as being important not only to the department but also to the hospital as a whole. Now, when, when you're looking at hospitals, health systems, organizations that um, are working with lean, as we were chatting and preparing for this, you said something. Interesting, it stood out. You, you said it's not good enough for healthcare organizations to be good at lean. Um, can you kind of expand on that and, and talk about, well, what are the limitations maybe of just being good at lean or what are the other pieces of the, the holistic picture that they need to be looking at? 
Yeah, absolutely. I was um, uh, the example I like to, I have to reference is I was talking to the CEO of a, of a large hospital system down in uh, Florida, CEO and COO. And um, in in preparing to meet them, uh, I'd done some research, and and they have one of the best case studies uh, uh, on on improvements using lean to fundamental metrics uh, in uh, in ED. Um, obviously, uh, patient average patient wait time. Uh, uh, time to discharge. Uh, the, 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 the metrics are truly phenomenal by, by any standard. Um, when I uh, met with the CEO and the COO, uh, the question I asked was, um, you know, you have one of the best case studies that you can find uh, in, in, in industry. Uh, let me ask you a simple question. How, how satisfied are you with within that one hospital, the other departments, learning for the great lessons that were uh, uh, that were captured and problems solved in, in the ED and leveraging those lessons learned to other parts of the hospital. Uh, they both looked at each other and they kind of, uh, they answered back, well, to be honest, no one's really adopted or, or reached out to what was done in ED. And I said, interesting. Let me ask you another question. There's uh, 16 other hospitals in your system. How pleased are you with those other 16 EDs at reaching out and grasping and uh, learning from the wonderful results achieved at your own hospital. And uh, the answer back, the answer was, to be honest, John, nobody's really reached out to, uh, to, to, uh, to learn anything. Mm. And I said, you know, that, that's actually the point. The point is, it's not good enough to, quote, unquote, merely be good at lean. You have to have a methodology, right, that effectively captures those lessons learned and uh, deploys them inside the one hospital and across the entire hospital system. And uh, if you can if you can crack that nut, if you can build that into your infrastructure, into your methodology, you will in turn leverage uh, those lessons and those implementations and those solutions um, and influence culture uh, at a much higher velocity than uh, treating one hospital at a time, one department at a time. I'll use the phrase one Kaizen at a time. Mm-hmm. So does it come back to your phrase of, Lean earning its place at the table. If you're a large multi-hospital system and it's been success in one hospital, you've got to earn that place for Lean to be able to spread as opposed to trying to force it in a top-down way. Is that kind of a, a different way of saying, or is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, there, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, introducing Lean into a large organization and, uh, and getting Lean to become accepted by the organization is, uh, is really, really tricky. Um, the phrase that the example I like to use is uh, when you're selling lean inside your own organization, getting different, trying to get different managers to accept and adopt and uh, test uh, lean as a as a way to improve their processes. I say it's try, it's trying to it's like trying to catch a, a thirty pound fish on five pound test. All right. Uh, the first thing you must do is kind of trick the fish into biting the hook. But once they bite the hook, if you pull too hard. Uh, you'll just snap the line and the fish will run away and maybe you'll catch them again, maybe not. And so uh, certainly there's some, I used to first trickery involved to get them to test it, get them to try it. Um, you have to have control of uh, how you will mobilize, how you will introduce, how you will focus, how you will execute. And uh, if you have a solid uh, methodology and uh, you have the right infrastructure for support and the right infrastructure for leadership uh, and, and guidance, then uh, you'll have a, 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 str- a much stronger opportunity to um, be successful locally. Uh, local success means more local success. I'll try it again because it worked for me. 
And uh, as I talk to my colleagues, my peers, um, that's how you begin to uh, spread the notion that, uh, you know, uh, you should try this lean stuff. It helped us solve this particular problem or that particular problem. Well, and it seems like you create pull. I mean, in a way, I talked to um, a hospital CEO this morning, and, and her comment was, um, you know, we, we can't do enough of this right now, meaning lean, meaning you know, they had had success, and there were so many different, um, it seemed like departmental directors and leaders um, from out from throughout the hospital that all had their hand up saying, hey, let's come do this here, which, uh, you know, when they're able to create that, that seems a far better situation than when people um, are being um, defensive or they're afraid to participate in lean for one reason or another, it seems. That, that's absolutely, that's, that's so true, Mark. That's, uh, that's spot on. Um, you know, one of the things that you try, and um, uh, let me go back to uh, leadership and, and, and proper structure. Um, as a senior leader, uh, if you don't understand your role in uh, introducing lean to the organization, and uh, you mentioned how top-down push, yes, it's been done many, many times, um, I would say that uh, uh, that should not be the methodology of choice if you can mm-hmm. avoid it. Um, uh, uh, what, but what you're trying to do as a senior leader is 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 uh, encourage the the application and encourage the uh, uh, the use of lean, um, and by by simultaneously uh, encouraging from the top and then giving the proper methodology to execute on the front lines, you wind up with the uh, top-down and bottom-up uh, methodology that you really have to have, right? Top-down mm-hmm. support, uh, top, uh, top-down top uh, selection of objectives and focus, mm-hmm. yet fundamental solid execution from the bottom-up with the people that uh, actually do the work. Um, the, what you're trying to create uh, is, the, is the statement that sounds like, uh, um, uh, uh, hey boss, I have a big problem. Uh, what's the problem, John? Well, the problem is I have so many people wanting resources. They're starting to get frustrated with me because I can't get back to them fast enough. And uh, that's the type of internal pull that uh, that you want to create. Yeah. Um, maybe one last piece uh, with respect to pull. Um, and we work with a lot of uh, multinational companies. Work with a lot of uh, multi-facility hospitals. Um, what we say that's very, very important is that uh, you must establish and you must manage your brand of lean inside the hospital. Uh, for example, um, if you let people call things lean that really are not lean, mm-hmm. uh, you are actually creating a problem, right? Uh, if, uh, if you start to uh, mobilize uh, uh, the use of value stream mapping and, and Kaizen and A3 and uh, lean projects, and uh, if you can do it in a systemic way, uh, selecting value streams that align to critical metrics, uh, using value stream mapping and analysis, and then in turn creating implementation structure to go actually make improvements in that area, you can actually you, you can create very solid results. Solid results uh, start to establish your brand or your reputation. But in the same breath, if you lose control. Of how you will how you will implement and deploy inside your organization, um, every mistake that you make, well, you'll you'll actually spend more time trying to defend and correct the mistakes than you will be able to be able to mobilize resources to go forward. And so, one of the big cautions we put in the play is um, uh, uh, make make sure that uh, uh, that you uh, de- that you establish a brand of lean, that you manage a brand of lean. 
And for almost every situation, you're far better off doing two things very, very well than doing five things marginally well. And, uh, and, and that's how you start to create the pool. And when you talk about your brand of lean, that might be whether you call it something completely different from lean, perhaps, right? I mean, can you give an example or two of what that branding might be? Absolutely. You know, Mark, you're touching on another uh, uh, critical aspect of, uh, of change management. Um, I, ca I can honestly say that every time I've ever talked to an organization about uh, trying lean or uh, using lean or engaging lean, one of the first things I tell them is, I ask them is, do you have a continuous improvement program today? Most organizations do. They call it process improvement. They call it continuous improvement. They call it process excellence. Um, uh, enterprise excellence. There's, there's, there's many very appropriate, uh, 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 brands. Well, one of the things I tell them is, well, when you start to engage lean, if at all possible, let's avoid the temptation to change your name and change the brand. And that usually brings about a bit of a strange look. They say, well, why, why wouldn't we call it lean? And I always say, um, there's no advantage to calling it lean necessarily. Um, you, and what, I, what we like to say or what we like to encourage is whatever you call it today, call it, call it the same thing tomorrow, but just say we're taking it to a new level. Uh, we've had great success. Uh, thank you for all your participation. Uh, you guys know that we've made many, many improvements over the years. Um, as in our, in our quest for continuous improvement, we have discovered some, uh, additional techniques, additional tools. Um, some of you might, might heard the term as being called lean or lean in healthcare. Right. And what we're going to do is we're going to integrate lean and healthcare into our continuous improvement program to help take us to the next level. Uh, there's a bit of a uh, hidden uh, value in that. Um, as we all know, uh, in uh, whenever you're introducing change, uh, there are uh, change agents. There are early adopters. Uh, if you say what used to be called continuous improvement, now we're going to call it lean, there's actually a risk that uh, some of those early adopters who got on board very early, who were the risk takers and probably took some uh, uh, took some shots as they were learning along the way, uh, they may feel like you leave them abandoned as you go on to something bigger and better. As opposed to, you know what, we're taking what we did, we're going to a new level, thank you very much, let's continue the journey. Well, a lot of, uh, boy, a lot to think about there and, and talk about. John, I, I'd sure love to have you come back on the podcast again and, and kind of continue the discussion and um, dig deeper because I, I think you've got a lot of good experience to share. And I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Mark, thank you so much. Uh, thank you and appreciate the opportunity to talk to your listeners. Oh, sure. And well, I mean, one final thought, uh, if you want to share, you know, web addresses or any sort of online Info that people are listening to if they want to be able to track you down online. How can they do that? Mark, absolutely. Uh, you can you can learn more about our company at www.johnkimconsulting.com. Uh, at the website, you'll see several tabs uh, talking about uh, aspects such as leadership, uh, methodology, approach, and uh, there's a separate tab itself just for healthcare. So, uh, uh, if interested, I encourage your listeners to go out and take a read, and and we'll just share some lessons learned. Okay. Well, again, John, uh, great talking to you again. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.